I'm Evelyn, and I'm a geoholic. Okay, here we are. We are at the 2023 Association of Canadian Land Surveyors slash Professional Surveyors Canada conference. Did I get that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, in a beautiful setting. And I'll, I'm going to butcher the name, but it's Mont Tremblant. Yeah. I, Is that pretty close? I, I certainly say uh, Mont Tremblant. Um, <laughs> it's, yes. uh, you know, everybody speaks French here, of course, and I, I don't have that in my, uh, my arsenal of languages. Um, so it's a beautiful, beautiful place. So and a great place to have a conference for sure. Yeah. And we've been incredibly lucky. The weather has been spectacular. Beautiful weather, um, beautiful weather. Warm yep. um, as well. The hospitality here has been equally warm. It's, uh, it, it's been really good. And very well organized. Absolutely, 100%. I can't say enough about it. Um, so let's do a self-introduction real quick. Just give us your name, um, you know, maybe what you do and how long you've been in the surveying profession. Wow. Okay. My name is Mike Thompson, and that's fairly easy. As to how long I've been in the survey profession, uh, realistically, since about 1972. Okay. So uh, the first time I... Uh, had a job in the survey profession, was cutting line in the Chilcotins of BC yep. in about 1972. Um, I, I probably, you know, more properly entered the profession in about 1979, uh, worked uh, in the high Arctic for a small period of time, and uh, then returned to uh, British Columbia, entered articles in 1980, and uh, received my commission as a British Columbia land surveyor in 1983. Mm -hmm. And uh, so... You know, it's funny, I, I don't know that I'm an overly nostalgic person, mm -hmm. but I've suddenly become that. <laughs> and, and, and I've suddenly become that because um, I, I looked at something the other day, and I, yeah. I'm currently 11 days away from having had my commission for 40 years. And so for me, that's a, that's a bit of a milestone. Absolutely it is. So just real quick for people that are going to be listening to this, um, you mentioned the articles. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't have to go to, into a ton of detail, but explain what that process looks like. Is it different in every province or just explain what articles means? Sure. So it certainly is different in every province, but marginally. Mm. The, 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 the concept is, is that, you know, uh, an education in school certainly teaches you um, theoretical things. Mm -hmm. uh, it provides an awful lot of knowledge. And, and, and let's be perfectly clear. Everybody coming out of school is way smarter than those of us have been around for 40 years. Mm -hmm. they, they just have way more knowledge. Mm -hmm. but, but, but the simple fact is there's an awful lot of practical things that you need to learn, mm -hmm. as well as learning to become a professional is very um, mm. uh, a very specific set of learnings mm -hmm. and, and to be able to put yourself in that mindset mm. of being a professional where you're really working for the public, you're working in the public interest, everything you do is for others, sure. not driven by yourself. So the articles are a practical period where you gain field experience, office experience, you get to see what the profession is all about, uh, participate, and it sets you up for a set of professional exams. Professional exams are very different today than certainly they were 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. Every province is slightly different, sure. but basically there's generally written exams and uh, often in 
most provinces, an interview of some type mm -hmm. uh, with senior practicing members for admission into the into the profession. Very interesting. So it sounds like the articles really, uh, it's, it's, it sounds like a structured program per se that sets you up for success. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, we've got to be clear. There's there's some. Uh, professionals and in, in lots of professions that are absolutely fabulous terrible term but masters mm -hmm. so the person mm. that the, the the senior practicing practice practitioner who is uh, is mentoring teaching the student yep. who do an absolutely fabulous job and 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 the better your master is uh, the better you're set up but but 100% that's really what the articles are. Mm. And, I mean, if you go back in history, it's the way all professions work. I, sure. mean, I mean, even if, if you were going to be a blacksmith, yeah. you know, you yep. effectively apprenticed and learned under another blacksmith. Yep, 100%. Um, and I think those words are kind of interchangeable, like the apprenticeship, you know, slash mentoring. And you mentioned mentoring a second ago. That's something we talk about a lot on, our, on, on the podcast. And talk about the importance of, of having a good mentor. Oh, it is, it is uh, really critical, but if we take a different tact, it's really beneficial mm. um, because there's only so much you can learn from perhaps, you know, a, a book or other sort of teachings. Um, and it's really, it's really interesting as we see such a, such a shift in Canadian culture and looking at, say, Indigenous reconciliation. And, and if you take some time and consider... Um, the oral history mm -hmm. that is so important in, in indigenous communities. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think we start to see and understand, well, isn't that what we do through the article process? Mm -hmm. Where a lot of stuff is learned through conversation, from hands-on learning, actually actually doing things. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it's to get that widespread knowledge mm -hmm. so that you can be a quality professional working in various aspects mm -hmm. of the industry, not just simply what you do at work every sure. day. Yeah, yeah. So is it like, you, you mentioned, you know, in the indigenous people and the indigenous lands, that type thing. So in Canada, in the various provinces, I mean, there's different challenges when it comes to surveying in every province. Oh, absolutely. So I have to imagine, like, like indigenous lands, for example. Do you have to have a certain uh, certification or license to survey on indigenous lands? So primarily... Indigenous lands would generally be surveyed by somebody holding a, Cana a Canadian Land Surveyors Commission okay. as opposed to a provincial okay. commission. That's okay. not 100% true. Mm -hmm. There's lots of situations where uh, a, a provincial commission holder, so myself when I was a British Columbia land surveyor, mm -hmm. I may have been able to do work on uh, indigenous lands within British Columbia, but mm -hmm. not in other provinces where a Canadian land surveyor can work on Canada lands anywhere across the country. Interesting. So it's, you know, it's one of those classic questions that has mm -hmm. a yes answer and a no answer. Sure, yep. And, and, it, and it kind of fits fits together. Yeah, yeah, we have something like that in the States, uh, CFEDS, Certified Federal Surveyor, yeah. where you can, you know, survey on, um, uh, you know, Native American land, that type thing. So yeah. it sounds like it's, it's fairly consistent with that. Um, you mentioned having had the opportunity to work uh, in, in the Arctic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I can't imagine. Talk a little bit about that experience. Oh, it was it was a fabulous experience. So, um, you know, I quite honestly describe myself as an uneducated bum, and I, and I, and I <laughs> say it. that say that with all due respect sure. to the people I went to school with and I learned. Um, I was a BCIT graduate mm. and uh, on a two-year uh, diploma program. Mm-hmm. And when I came out of BCIT, I was hired by a, a, a large company in Calgary, effectively mm-hmm. Shell Oil. Oh, okay. It was a technical arm of, of Shell Oil. Yep. And uh, my first project was in a project in the high Arctic um, for five months mm. e- in 1979, working on 19 of the high Arctic islands. Wow. And when I talk about high Arctic, I, I'm saying 75 degrees latitude and north wow and at the time we were uh, testing early gps equipment and for you know the average person that you know has gps in their watch has it in their phone i mean the equipment we were testing were boxes that weighed 100 pounds yeah. they were about four feet wide about <laughs> three and a half feet high yep. about a foot thick and we were um, testing them at higher latitudes Kay. and you know there was testing that was done say later on in Kuala Lumpur and in heavy humidity and heat yep. uh, we were working with different conditions so I spent about five months working on 19 high Arctic islands and um, it, it was a fabulous experience awesome. and uh, 40 43 44 years later um, I, I still think back to that experience and sure. I think it, uh, it it changed a lot of my thinking about the world oh interesting interesting um, so you've been doing this for a long time, as you yeah. mentioned. You know, here in eleven days, you're going to have had your uh, your what wouldn't commission commission for forty years. Yeah. Um, so what what is it that you love about land surveying? You're serving. You're 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 truly serving, and and maybe if I can digress a little bit and give you a sense of sort of where my career went. I worked ten years in private practice in a small survey firm mm-hmm. in New Westminster, British Columbia. Um, then I spent 14 years at the city of Vancouver and uh, spent some time as a city surveyor in the city of Vancouver. Hey, I, I'm prejudiced, I'm biased. Uh, Vancouver is one of the great cities of the world. Yeah. And uh, being part of the day-to-day uh, progress, development, growth, sure. uh, maturation of, of the city of Vancouver was fabulous. Mm. And then I was fortunate enough to spend just over 12 years as a surveyor general okay. of the province of British Columbia. Wow. So I had so I had a very sort of a, a wide wide variety of career, but kind of those three elements. Mm-hmm. And and I think the the thing that you recognize is when you're dealing with a boundary, the person paying the bill, the client, mm-hmm. is actually not that important. It's not that's not a negative towards the person mm-hmm. that's having sure. the survey done. Um, but every land surveyor should effectively get the same result on the location of the boundary within certain mm-hmm. reasonable tolerances. Mm-hmm. But you're always searching for the right answer, mm. not the answer that satisfies the client. Yeah. And so if I do the comparison, and the easy comparison is that somebody working in the legal profession, a lawyer, they're an advocate. They're an advocate for their client. But land surveyors are not an advocate for their client. They're actually advocate for what we call the cadaster, mm. that parcel fabric. The land. And, and I'll argue quite strongly, one of the huge benefits of Western society, and of course the way we create wealth in Western society, is land ownership. Mm. And, um, you know, our, our ability to finance, to be able to do other types of types mm-hmm. of things. But so much of that is on our orderly system of land ownership. There are still countries in the world in 2023 where a leading cause of death is boundary disputes. Hmm. 
you know, I mean, mm -hmm. we, we, hear, we hear of uh, international conflicts, you know, the, the Russia-Ukraine situation right now. We don't necessarily hear about neighbor-neighbor conflicts that might be happening in, a, in an undeveloped uh, country, mm -hmm. but they go on daily. Yep. Fundamentally, we don't have those in Western society, and an awful lot of that is because of the work land surveyors do mm -hmm. to contribute to civil society and support an orderly development yep. of, of land. Yeah, that's a great answer. Great perspective there. Um, so I, 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 I was at the, uh, the you know the, the gala last night, yep. and little did I know when I briefly met you in the elevator a day or so ago that I was in the elevator with a celebrity. Well. And you, uh, you, you were given a pretty prestigious award at the uh, at the banquet. Can you uh, talk about what that means to you, just a little bit? Um, it, well, it was a huge surprise. So the the award is is called the Champlain Award, after one of the very early explorers in Canada. Really, really early explorers were surveyors, right? Mm -hmm. They they were they were out in opening land, and um, it was. Um, yeah, it was it was a surprise, incredibly touching. I, I don't know that I that I've really come to come to being able to answer that question what it what it means to me. But but my father, um, who was a land surveyor, mm. uh, received the same award in two thousand two. Oh wow! And that is so awesome. that that might be, I think the 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 biggest piece for me sure. is, is is kind of been able to look at that. Yep. Um, but but the award focuses on what they describe as a contribution on a national basis. Yep. And uh, look, I, I'm uh, strangely a very lucky human being. So I don't know if you know, but if you if you buy a lottery ticket uh -huh. and, you, and you take it to the store to scan it to see if you win, most people get a note that says, you know, um, sorry, you know, better luck next yeah. time or something. <laughs> I, I, mine comes up and says, you're a loser. You know, I, I, and, and so I don't know how that happens. But but that's with lottery tickets. Yeah, I, I could play bingo with three people yeah. for a day and a half, and I'd never win. Yeah, but I've been incredibly lucky professionally. Mm. I've been incredibly lucky in my life. I've had an opportunity to uh, serve the profession, serve the public, and um, certainly in Canada, work coast to coast, do some things around the world. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I like. I appreciate the question, and I'm sorry for the terrible answer. That's but, a great but, answer. But, but I probably need a couple of weeks to to digest it. To, to digest it. <laughs> it was. It, it, it was. It was. It was shocking. Yeah. It was shocking. Oh, that's but, great. Uh, but incredibly touching. That's great. I love the the story about your father winning the same award. That's yeah. that is so cool. So cool. Um, one last thing. I hear you have a passion outside of surveying that uh, revolves around the sport of basketball. Yes. Talk about that just a little bit. So. Um, I was the worst player in the history of the country, <laughs> and as the worst player in the history of country, uh, my professional playing dreams died early, mm -hmm. and so I turned to refereeing fairly young. Um, again, uh, you know, great timing, uh, incredibly lucky. I refereed physically for 41 years. Oh my gosh! Uh, refereed internationally for 21 years. Wow! Uh, working at. Uh, uh, international competitions such as an Olympic Games and some world championships um, in the last say seven years and and internationally 
uh, things work on an age limit. And it's, uh-huh. it, it's hard to explain in a North American context where we're so cautious of uh-huh. making sure we're not being you know, biased <laughs> right. or, or, yes. or doing things that we consider illegal. Right. But, but around the world, uh, so much operates on age. So you're cut off internationally at the age of 50. Gotcha. And so I, um, I continue to referee domestically. Uh-huh. Um, but I've transitioned, so I actually now work for FIBA, the International mm-hmm. Basketball Association, mm-hmm. as a referee instructor. Wow. So I'm currently um, often uh, providing online training, but I'm okay. also away. Yep. So um, I'll be home in a couple of days, uh, one more meeting in Newfoundland, and then I'm off to Debrecen, Hungary for wow. the under-19 men's worlds. And then a few weeks later, I go to yeah. Manila. Uh, Manila, and I, I will also be in Okinawa, Japan, for the men's world championships this year, yeah. which is in... Um, Manila, uh, Okinawa, and Jakarta, okay. and Indonesia. Wow, and, uh, that is awesome. Yeah. Well, my uh, my sons got bounced last night, unfortunately. Okay. Um, but uh, not not all, not surprising, I guess, when it comes right down to it. But I'm sure you've got some amazing stories as it pertains to uh, refereeing basketball. Is there one in particular that you, uh, you'd like to share that sticks out in your mind? Um, without I, without embarrassing anybody. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, but I, but I mean, I, I've always treated refereeing the same way that it's serving, and mm-hmm. and you know, I, I, it's not the purpose of this podcast, but we have so many struggles right now in every sport sure. in the world, but mm-hmm. in, in North America with referees and, and the COVID uh, pandemic mm-hmm. really created a lot of challenges mm-hmm. and, and changes in people's lives, sure. and um, so uh, it. Uh, I have a lot of respect for people that are willing to go out and be involved in sports. In a yeah, look, I always got a few dollars for refereeing, but like it was, it, it's a hobby. Mm-hmm. It's a hobby. It's effectively glorified volunteer. Sure. And you know what, folks, um, your nine-year-old kid is unlikely to play in the major leagues. Yeah. So let's 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 remember why they're there, yeah. and let's see if we can get back to having fun with all the crisis and all the stress we have in the world. Let's let the kids play. Oh, love it. Let them play. Let them play. Love that. And uh, you mentioned respect. And, of course, there's a lot of people, you know, here at this event and in the industry in general that have a lot of respect for you. And uh, uh, I, I appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me and have this, have, have this conversation, allowing us to get to know you a little bit better. Well, thank you very much. And uh, I, I'm certainly happy to take the time and talk to anybody about surveying and, in all honesty, yeah. basketball as well. Basketball. All right. Well, hey, uh, have a good rest of the uh, conference. Thank you very much. All right, we're back. I am uh, excited to have this conversation with this young lady. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to let her introduce herself. So just name and, uh, you know, maybe what you do and how long you've been involved in the uh, surveying profession. Uh, My name is uh, Marie-Christine Robidoux. Uh, a French speaking, obviously. I'm from uh, Quebec originally. I currently live in Calgary, mm. uh, Alberta, and I, that's where I work from. Uh, remote work because okay. my office is in Ottawa, okay, Ontario. Um, I have been involved in serving, oh my God, I don't know, early 90s. Well, late 80s actually when okay. I started. Um, so that's my, mm, that was my second career. Mm. Um, what was your first? Law. 
Oh, you're like an attorney? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's a, a good mix. A, a solicitor, actually. Okay. So, yeah. And, um, but I didn't like it. <laughs> Once I started practicing, I uh-huh. didn't like it anyway. Yeah. And I started uh, uh, surveying, and of course, I was in those days, there was very few women mm. around, so I was the butt of many, many jokes <laughs> that were unfortunately quite unsavory yep. at the time. But I could stand up for myself, so that was no, mm-hmm. it wasn't too much of an issue for myself. Uh, uh, currently, I am <clears throat> the registrar for the Association of uh, Canada Land Surveyors. And I'm also the registrar for the Canadian uh, Board of Examiners for Professional Surveyors. So, so really, with the uh, ACLS, uh, I'm the one with the stick, and I uh, make sure that everybody's registered and have their. Okay. But I love giving people their commission. Oh, I bet. I adore that. Like sure. I send them an email with the their number mm-hmm. and I say you, you know just received your commission oh my god it's like yeah what's well, a big <laughs> accomplishment it's it's lovely I, that's that's the best part of my job sure and um, yeah it's to be celebrated oh absolutely mm-hmm. and this is what we try to do mm-hmm. uh, when they're at the annual general meeting in person right so, yep so we love that yeah yeah well that's exciting how long you've been doing that I actually have been doing that since about 2018 okay so sure. before that, I worked for an oil and gas company mm-hmm. as, as their um, uh, Aboriginal affairs mm-hmm. uh, person. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then before that, I surveyed. I was surveying with uh, in private practice. Okay. Uh, but all my work was in the north. Okay. Like northern Canada. Wow. Like the, the territories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not uh, not an easy <coughs> place to survey, I would imagine. Well, it's okay in the summer. In the summertime, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. So traveled a lot in the helicopters and all that. And mm-hmm. my uh, my my most fun uh, uh, thing I did then was I went to Eureka, which is 80 degrees north. Wow. And it's not really a, a place. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just a weather station. Sure, sure. <laughs> right? That is cool. How? So what what were you doing there? What was that experience like? Well, that was <clears throat> that was very interesting. I was working for the Surveyor General's uh, branch uh, out of Yellowknife, and I was uh, looking after the uh, land claim surveys mm. for Nunavut, and those were absolutely humongous mm-hmm. uh, parcels. Wow. Um, so anyway, so I was there to inspect some work done by a private firm okay. to make sure. So we did spot check uh-huh. in, the, in the summer so yeah. on, on all the contracts that we let out. So that was fun. That yeah. was that was a great adventure. Sure, sure. Well, you mentioned that um, you know you have been surveying since late '80s, early '90s, and you know being a female in the profession. I mean, you were kind of like a, a trailblazer per se. You know, um, I mean, there's today there's not nearly enough you know females in the industry. So I can only imagine at that point in time it was far less. Well, um, that was always. Mostly the only one. <laughs> yeah, um, I bet. So uh, you know, in in uh, private practice, I mostly did local work mm-hmm. because I didn't want to have to pay another um, hotel room mm-hmm. <laughs> because I couldn't sure. stay with the guys. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so that was a little bit difficult, but I, you know, I did. I had the best adventures yeah. of my life uh, while I was serving. Mm. It was fascinating. I, I worked in uh, 
I work in Lake Louise. Beautiful for, area. For, for national parks. Yeah. I mean, my so God. beautiful there. So, I, you know, I surveyed there. Like, it was, like, I got to go places mm. where very few people go. Yep. Yeah, but that's a great selling point for the profession as well. The advantage, and in Canada, you have Mm -hmm. a chance to do that. Mm. We have a lot of brand new surveyors uh, up north in Whitehorse and Yellowknife, Mm -hmm. and also in uh, Iqaluit. So, I mean, we have the young ones. They go in there for Mm -hmm. for the adventures. Yep. Like I imagine, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. They do so many different things. They do they do mining surveys. They do. Uh, residential surveys, mm-hmm. they do roads, they do airports, they yep. do all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah. So what percentage of Canadian surveyors are working private practice versus working for a public entity? Do you know that? <clears throat> it's uh, it's quite high, actually. On the private side? Yeah, on the private side. Sure. Okay. Yeah, we don't have that many. Well, we have the Surveyor General of, of, mm-hmm. of Canada, and, uh, and of course, every province has its own uh, Surveyor General mm-hmm. because of the laws are different than mm-hmm. all the ju- jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the uh, I would say it's, it's ni- 90% private. Mm. Wow, okay, that is high. It's quite high. That is high. In, in the different provinces, um, the profession is self-regulated, correct? Correct. It's not like there's no government involvement on that side of things. That's correct. And uh, that seems to work pretty well? It works really, really well, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't have, but depending on the amount of surveyors in the association, mm. um, we don't have a whole lot of uh, um, discipline cases or, or things like that. It's it's quite it's quite mm-hmm. uh, remarkable, actually. Okay. Yeah, uh, and uh, um, what was I going to ask you? I had another question came to mind. I lost it. Um, something I thought was really um, really fun to see was first of all you're. As long as you've been doing it, you know, you're still so passionate about the profession and after or actually during our international um, our board conversation, international board of surveyors conversation yesterday, you know, you made the comment that, you know, I, gosh, I wish I was younger and still had a lot to get a lot to do or a lot more uh, time to spend in this profession. And I thought that was a really great comment. Yeah, this, this is something like I, I, I love it. Like I've always loved it. Um, Ever since I started it, it was like, oh my God, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just such a revelation. And the, the funny thing about that, I've got to tell you a little tidbit here. Uh, the funny thing about that is uh, I was in my 30s when I mm-hmm. started that. And uh, so I phoned my mom and I said, uh, so I'm, I'm going into surveying. Uh, so my mom had lived in uh, Quebec City. Uh-huh. And she said, oh, really? That's what <laughs> that's what my dad used to do. Really? I said, no way. Oh my gosh. So he or uh, and 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 also uh, my mo- my grandma's brother. Mm-hmm. So they w- they work for the Shemigan Power, whatever. Like they were out in the bush and yeah. And but I didn't know that because my grandpa died when I was four. Sure. Right. So yeah. by the time I got older, nobody right. was talking about him. Right. Yeah. So it was in your genes, and you didn't I even know it. I didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> it was bred into you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so uh, going back to earlier on in our conversation, you mentioned that you had a, had a law background. Mm-hmm. Did you find that to be beneficial as it pertains to being a surveyor? Totally. Um, uh, absolutely. And also what was very interesting is that throughout my years, I made a lot of uh, agreements mm. with, with uh, First Nation, mm-hmm. Aboriginal people. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that came in very, very handy. Yep. Uh, but yes, it did because I didn't, have to 
well, you know, I did the survey law, and I, I didn't have to study nothing. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, sure. I didn't have to study yeah. at all. Like, I just look, yep. at, look at the book, and I said, okay, I know that, I know that, I know that. Right. Okay, fine. And I just went to write the exam. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, I can see how that be, would be a huge benefit to have that uh, as a background. Um, so you've been doing this for, for a long time. Um, you know, what, what's something that you just love about the profession? The people. Yeah. The people. And especially the young ones coming in, like they're so gung-ho and they're so mm-hmm. excited and they're so passionate. And But then you also have the guys that have been, you know, surveying for 50 years uh-huh. and they're still so passionate. Mm. So, you know, and, and it's really nice uh, <clears throat> because I've been in the profession with the ACLS for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, I know just about everybody. Yep. And then, of course, because I gave the commissions away, uh-huh. right? Yeah. So I know you're a popular person. I know all the young guys too. So yeah, it's really nice. That's so, cool. Yeah. This That's the awesome. people. It's the people. Yeah. Yeah. But in, but uh, at the uh, at the, the the gala last night was <laughs> it's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, you was it your birthday? Is yes, that what they were celebrating? Yeah, it was my birthday yesterday. Oh well, happy birthday! Thank you. That is cool. Yeah, that was so much fun last night. It was. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what, is there anything else you want to you want to talk about as it pertains to surveying? Is there what are you passionate about outside of the profession? Well, <clears throat> you know, although I walk with a with a cane because I can't actually walk properly, uh, I still play uh, goal <laughs> in ball hockey. Oh no way! Well, because I'm all padded up, so if I fall, it's fine. Oh. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I've been playing goal since I was six years old. Oh yeah, okay. Right? Because my yeah. uh, nobody wanted to let me play with them mm-hmm. because I was a girl. Yep. But then I said, "Well, I could play goal." I said, oh, sure, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so you still do that, huh? I still do that. Uh, I thought you were going to tell me you uh, you did some curling. I don't actually. I golf. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I golf and I, I, you know, like I walk a lot. Yeah. Um, that's something, you know, because I, I, I work in my basement. It's uh-huh. dark down there. You know, you don't have many windows. And right. So I, every about hour and a half, I go out and I go around the block. It mm. takes, it's about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I do that four or five times a day. Keep moving. I just keep moving, keep yep. moving. And uh, it's, you know, like, I, I like being active. Mm-hmm. So serving gave me that. Yep. And that was fantastic. Yeah. Look, I had to pay my dues like everybody else. Sure. I carry all the stuff, yep. you know, across the field. And, um, of course, like everybody else, when you start, you're just the grunt, right? Sure. Yep. And yep. I did I did that, too. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody else to do it. Yep. Earn your stripes. Oh, for sure. Yep. And that's, uh, that's really interesting you say that because, you know, it's every generation is a little bit different. And, you know, some generations that aren't willing to earn their stripes. Correct. You know, and there's others that are. And it's interesting to, um, you know, for the different generations to, you know, find an even ground, Hmm. you know, especially when it comes to like mentoring, that type thing. Yeah, this is, uh, I find that a a little bit uh, uh, puzzling, if uh, I can use that word. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that uh, mostly, though, the people who don't want to earn their stripes, they don't come into surveying mm-hmm. because they're sure. not, not going to make it. Yep. Um, but, you know, I also have uh, a huge respect for the technologists that uh, that work uh, with the surveyors because, mm-hmm. you know, I couldn't sign a plan mm-hmm. if they weren't there. Sure. 
Yes. You know, so true. I mean, absolutely. We need everybody. We need everybody, and the, the technologists, and you know, and the survey assistant. Like, you know, I've worked with a lot of um, uh, First Nations um, Aboriginal people mm -hmm. as survey assistant because when you work in the north, this is kind of part part of what you have to do. Mm -hmm. And they they are so fantastic. Sure. <laughs> right. And I wish that they would. Uh, more of them would come into the, right. the profession, but um, right. anyway, it's, it's it's really good. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an exciting time, and we talked about it yesterday. We talk about it all the time on the podcast, and we're in a geospatial moment. And I, I love that quote. That's good, and it, it could not be any more true. I mean, it is such an exciting time to be working, you know, in the geospatial industry. Absolutely, and you know, like I'm. Um, you know, retirement is in my near future, <laughs> but I'm, I keep pushing it back, right? Sure. I keep pushing it because well, I love yeah, it. Yeah, why not? Because I love it. You still it. love what you do. Yeah, I love what I do. And I, like I said, like, you know, giving somebody a commission, it's like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Yeah. yeah. I'm, a, I'm as excited as they are, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah that and, says and a lot. And also because, you know, a lot of times, like I spent a lot of times with them, yep. helping them out and, you know, kind of guiding them in the right direction about sure what they needed to do and, and all that. So I know them. Yep. Right? So yeah. Like your kids, you know, kind of, yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them feel like that for sure. I bet they do. Well, that's great. Well, thank you for everything you've done for the profession. Um, you know, it's obvious when I walk around and I see you interacting with people, you know, folks have a lot of respect for you and, and what you do and what you've done. And, uh, yeah, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. This has been a great conversation. Yes, it has. Thank you so much. You keep, keep doing this. All right. I promise you we will. <laughs> thank you. All right, we're back here with Brian. How you doing, buddy? Really good. Good Glad to, to uh, finally get a chance to sit down and have this conversation. We've been having some great conversations in passing. So uh, here we are, you know, kind of at the end of the, the conference. So we finally get a chance to sit down. This is nice. Yeah, we get checked out of the hotel and everyone's racing around. And yeah. All yeah. the important people are in meetings. Still exactly, exactly. Leaves us sitting here. And I'm like in the perfect, perfect spot because I'm not part of the important people and I don't have anywhere to go. So <laughs> I just get to hang out and talk to people the rest of the afternoon and every once in a while go across the street and get a beer. That's fantastic. That's perfect. Nice craft beer, local. Yeah, local yeah. Some good yards. beers over there. I just uh, actually just had a, a smoked meat sandwich. My first smoked meat sandwich. I was going to say, that's a really unique kind of beer, but I, I'm yeah. the Mon Montreal smoked meat, for sure. Yeah. There probably is a smoked meat beer out there, I'm sure. Yes. So, um, and we'll, we'll get to, I guess, that, but yeah. I, I sat down one time, uh -huh. random little cafe. Mm -hmm. I'm not a beer guy. I hate to admit mm -hmm. that because everybody's, these, and I'm like, well, I'll try this one because yeah. I'm a scotch guy. Uh -huh. And it was a, a wee angry scotch ale. Okay. Made oh, interesting. By, made by Russell Brewing. And I think what they do is they... They put it into kegs. Oh, okay. Yep. It was hands down pretty amazing. The best beer I've had. Was oh the alcohol content pretty high? No, I think it's not still, too bad. It's well, uh, you're an American, so yeah, it would knock you on your ass. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. That's, so before we go any further, let's uh, let's let folks know who you are. So sure. let's just start with your name. Uh, you know who you work for, and maybe how long you've been in the survey industry. Sounds good. My name is Brian Ball. I'm I'm a land surveyor. I work for myself. I'm mm -hmm. self-employed. Um, I started surveying in 1990. Okay. Um, I was a summer student at engineering mm -hmm. and my father-in-law used to survey. Okay. Interesting. Very, very common story. Yep. And said, well, you should, you know, call these guys up. And literally I walked in the surveying company mm -hmm. and 
he's like, well, tell me about yourself. And I'm like, well, I was, I grew up on a farm and, and I barely got that out of my mouth. And he's like, you're hired. Here's where you're going. <laughs> yeah. And that was it. That was the yeah. end of it. It's like they knew you were going to have a good work ethic probably. I don't know. Right? They probably figured that, yeah, I just mm-hmm. don't know when to stop. So it's interesting. You, you, so you said your father was a surveyor. No, my father-in-law was. Father-in-law. Okay, yeah. sorry. So I talked to um, Marie mm-hmm. prior to this, and she had a funny story that when she told her mom that she was going to be a surveyor, her mom's like, well, you know, your grandfather was a surveyor, and, this, and she had no idea. She had no idea. So I'm like, oh, so it was genetically bred into you then, I guess, huh? So really good stuff. So working for yourself, what, what, what part of the country do you live in? So I live in Victoria mm-hmm. on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, Beautiful area. Gorgeous. And I am an Alberta land surveyor, mm-hmm. a Canada land surveyor. Okay. Not yet a BC land surveyor. Hmm. Uh, as self-employed, when you, you know, you you don't pick your clients. Mm-hmm. And I uh, initiated my company in Alberta, sure. and then um, relocated, let's say, back to the island in a house that we had bought years ago. Nice. Um, and so, in that position, you can't tell your clients, "I'm moving," and especially when they're good clients. Sure. And they're paying the bills. Yeah. You just, right. just keep, it's yeah. just as easy traveling yeah. one way as it is the other. And for, for, I mean, those surveyors that understand, especially the Northern Alberta type surveyors, uh-huh. we would just get up in the morning and be gone. Oh, wow. For two weeks. Some of these companies are 28 days out, four really? days home. Oh my gosh. I was always the 10 and four mm-hmm. and I could handle the 10 and four. Sure. And I've talked to companies that was like, oh, we would never let our guys do a 10 and four. And, yeah. I, and my answer has been. That's why I don't work for you. <laughs> That's good. So I don't know much about the the weather patterns in Canada, but is it different in the winter in Victoria versus in Alberta or Calgary? Oh yeah. Is that where you, that's where you said you're? I grew up southern Alberta, so south of Calgary. South of Calgary, okay, yep, for sure. Gotcha. Uh, mixed cattle grain. Cattle okay. Scenario. Yep. Yeah. In fact, um, yeah, my my father started the Wagyu Beef Association. Oh, in interesting. Canada, nice. Brought the first simital nice. cow. Yep. From like. When we went anywhere for holidays, it was always cows, and we had pictures of cattle. Oh, gosh. And now my kids, everywhere we go, it's pictures of survey monuments. Yeah, of course, right? <laughs> right. Uh, are any of your kids into the profession? None. None no. whatsoever. My daughter's getting her CPA, so that's been okay. a real nice dovetail. Sure. Because as surveyors, we are absolutely horrible business people. We talk about that all yes. the time. <laughs> and so yeah, she's so true. grabbed the wheel. That's awesome. And said... Who is this maniac running this thing? <laughs> yeah, I'm those, like, I don't know. Those uh, family dinners, I'm sure, get uh, testy at times. Yes. <laughs> it's like, sure. Dad, stop being an idiot. <laughs> no, it's not even that. She's like, she understands who I am. Yeah. If I'm an idiot, that's just understandable. She just takes over. Sure. Yeah, that's she's awesome. Like, By the way, I'm paying this and paying that and taking care of that. Yeah. I'm okay, fine. Yeah. So what type of work primarily uh, keeps you busy? Um, I enjoy doing small subdivisions and stuff like that. Okay. So in Alberta, it's very much the sim- similar system in some of the states as far as quarter sections and all oh, okay. that. Oh, okay. Like stuff. a sectional. Yeah, sectional. Yeah, rectangular of. system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I enjoy those ones, those nice little subdivisions. Yeah. And they're nice, neat, tidy. Yep. You're on to the next one. Mm. Um, as a CLS, I have a couple of uh, First Nation clients as well. Mm. And that's fascinating work. Like, fascinating. Because you're normally going back to an original sure. pattern. And yep. Like you're digging in it. You're a historian. Yeah. yeah. It's That's a, so much fun though, I'm sure. It is very, very yeah. and and this is something, and I, I jokingly say, thank God we don't have all the government we pay for. I say that all the time. <laughs> That's good. But, I've never heard that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, in Canada, we pay that much more for it. Yeah. However, our feds 
are phenomenal. Mm. Um, our system with our precise point positioning with GS, Geodetic Services Canada, mm-hmm. those feds are great. <laughs> the ones um, with um, Surveyor General's office, sure. they're all really good. So all of our fed are really phenomenal and they're on point. So our our Geodetic Services Canada is a lot like Opus to mm, stuff okay. in the States yep. that I understand it to be, mm-hmm. right? Yep. As far as processing data yep. and actually as it, as it were, a friend of mine now who uh, was in Victoria working for them mm-hmm. um, when the whole COVID thing was happening and stuff like that. He just took a leave of absence because it was nuts in, in the Fed. Hmm. And I drug him out with me on a job. Nice. Because I'm like, I mean, you wrote the program for precise point positioning and you huh. never sat there and recorded static. Wow. And then processes. Like, yeah. You're going to explain to me what half of this stuff means yeah. in yeah. these reports because I'm yeah. just using the sure. points. You know, getting too technical here. But yeah. yeah that's, but no, that's a great resource. It is. Yeah. For sure. And I, and yeah. I, you know, as surveyors, we're all nerds anyway. Yeah. And so we just kind of have fun getting into that and, and, and to see that other side of it, like where it came from yeah. is really neat. Yeah. So I enjoy that. Yeah. It's funny you say that as surveyors, we're all nerds. I, uh, you know, being a part, a lot of international folks kind of milling around here and I overheard a conversation earlier today and, you know, the one gentleman made a comment to the other. He's like, listen, we're all surveyors, you know, <laughs> whether you're surveying Canada or the States or Puerto Rico or Spain or whatever, we're all surveyors. We all have a lot of the same personality traits as a result. And it's, that's why it's so easy to have conversations when you meet other surveyors for the first time. You know, yeah. and it's so true. Totally agree with that. So yes, true. Sure. Um, when it comes to, uh, I go on a rabbit trail. Go for it. I'm, I'm the whole ADHD I'm the worst. Thing. So, <laughs> well, you'd ask me about the weather. Between, <laughs> oh yeah. You know, right. and then we got, yeah. here we, we are. We went six steps past exactly. that. Exactly. I normally yeah. come back though. You know, yeah. like like yeah. a good surveyor, I can find my way back to the yeah, point, there you go. point A, close it up, close yep. up the loop. But um, so. Southern Alberta, we mm. get Chinooks in Southern Alberta. Like mm. in high school, I would wrestle against, you know, Montana boys mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And we mm-hmm. dragged them up oh, wow. to Southern Alberta High River. Mm-hmm. And it would be February and it would be 20 above. So that's like 70 Kay. in February. Yep. And normal temperatures in February is minus 40. Oh, wow. And by the way, they, they match at minus 40, if you don't already know that. Yeah. Febu- oh, like yeah. Three yeah. Three. And so when it's 20 above due to a... You know, in Cal- so, you know, Southern Alberta, yeah. 20 above, the snow's all gone, the golf courses will be open, mm-hmm. and I've golfed in February in High River, and you don't realize it until you, you hit that nice tee shot. Sure. As it goes over the water hazard, and you're like, oh no, and then it goes boing, because all the water hazards are frozen solid. Oh. So it's like the best <laughs> game awesome. you'll ever have in your life, yeah. right? Yeah, that's like, great. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah. So um, that's fun, but Edmonton doesn't get the Chinooks, so... Mm-hmm. Our anniversary happens to be in the February, and okay. it was minus 40 when we got married. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so mm, not so much fun. Yeah, yeah. So uh, explain to uh, me what a Chinook is. Chinook, literally a native name that means warm wind. Warm wind, okay. I'm probably wrong. Okay. So it's like, I mean, uh, well, in the States, we call it like uh, Indian summer. <laughs> okay, in the winter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like an Indian summer yeah. to us is when it like literally keeps going later, later, later in October. Oh, okay. But this is like okay. middle of winter. Yeah. Uh, you'll feel a warm wind next thing you know, a Chinook blows in. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Southern Alberta is really classic with you. You get a Chinook arch and you'll look at the mountains. There'll be an arch of clouds, mm-hmm. just like someone's lifting the oh, clouds wow. up and that warm wind just comes in. Crazy. And it just turns, it's, well, if, I'm sure it has its challenges because 
then all the ground, the snow goes, and sure. then when it drops back to minus 40, the ground is the frost that's oh, driven yeah, yeah. in. So you're trying to drive an iron post on the ground, and it's like hammering it through concrete. We, I'll tell you what, surveying in the desert, we're so spoiled, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, you know, living in Arizona, it's like the perfect state to use GPS because there's like no canopy cover for the most part, you know. Um, certain parts there is, of course, but man, oh man, some of the challenges that you all face here in Canada surveying, we in uh, Arizona have no idea what that's like. No, oh, I can imagine. None whatsoever. There's been days where I've, I should have just not gone to work and I've been up north and it's mm. minus 40 mm -hmm. and you, you start with, if you're driving a diesel truck, it does not shut off all day long. Yep. Right. So that's number yep. one. Um, and so you, you know, rig a switch in or something like that. So you can flick the switch yeah. and I've been on a sled. So you go to your cut line, you jump on the sleds and mm -hmm. you warm them up and then you get them and you, and it's not about work anymore. It's about surviving. Mm, surviving. You, you yeah. Good point. There's a work. Sure. And you maybe get like 10% of the work done. <laughs> that, that you would you normally would, get. In a beautiful of, day. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So and, interesting. And we were How do you this, budget for that? Well, and we were having this conversation about that too, because so many of the budgets, especially the national ones, yeah. are, they realize their budget in December. Yeah. And then they oh. issue their RFPs, but they want it done by March 31st. <laughs> and it's like, do you know how much they would save if they just said, mm. I'll get it done anytime before mm -hmm. July. Right. Because uh, it's like 2X. Yeah. It really is. It, I'm sure. Yeah. Maybe even more. Mm -hmm. um, you said something interesting, I believe it was yesterday when we were chatting, you know, being a sole proprietor. Um, it's important that, I mean, you, there's a saying that goes something like, you know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer type thing, right? While you were talking about the importance of, you know, maintaining good relationships with other surveyors and using each other as a resource, you know, and uh, Claire mentioned it this morning in her presentation, um, collaboration before competition is what she said. And I, I think that is so important. Yeah. Because there, it, and there's some classic examples of it, mm -hmm. but there's lots of times there's big jobs that, you know, one little guy can't do it. Sure. Yet three of you could go after something like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. And while I'm here, I have someone who he's a surveyor, not a, not a registered surveyor, but mm -hmm. he, he's a surveyor. And so yeah. more civil tech though. And so he's covering me on a construction site and in fact, oh, yeah. he's the perfect guy for that. Yeah. So it's kind of nice to have these effectively competitors, but you're yeah. hiring each other for various for sure jobs and, and that's then, a good example for another reason i think it's like you know as surveyors we can't be experts at everything mm -hmm. i mean surveying is so vast and there's so many components to it you know it's like some surveyors are maybe like the you know the person you mentioned like really really good at construction or heavy civil or whatever other surveyors are really really good at cadastral surveying you know so why not tap into those resources when you can and I know it's hard to admit sometimes, but we're not all perfect. We don't know everything. I know as surveyors, we tend to allow our pride to get in our way mm -hmm. a lot of times. But, you know, put that aside and take advantage of the resources you have available to you. 100%. And, and that's it. You, I'm of the same opinion when it comes mm -hmm. to companies. Yep. Um, and this probably dovetails into 8 million conversations you've already had with companies. But you're a great surveyor or maybe you're really good with one thing or the other of surveying. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, okay, guess what? You're now a manager mm. and we're going to make you watch these budgets and do all, and And yeah. I'm like, put a gun to my head. This sure. is absolutely yeah. like, man, right. I don't want to go to work in the morning anymore. Yeah. yeah. And I've been in those positions in corporations. And I'm sure. like, this is horrible. 
Yeah. I mean, there's definitely pros and cons to working for, you know, a larger company versus being a business for yourself. You know, when you're in business for yourself, lots of times, I mean, you're on an island, you know, you don't have a lot of people to bounce decisions off of, you know, it's like you're on your own. Whereas with a larger company, obviously more resources, more people that are experts in different things that you can, you know, bounce ideas off of. But, uh, you know, either way, there's challenges for sure. Pros and cons. What a beautiful segue. So two things on that to unpack that as far as um, in the professional regulation body, mm -hmm. some of the committees we sit on and stuff, mm -hmm. we notice that a lot of the sole proprietors, they're the ones that have gone off a little into the left field. Mm -hmm. You know, that they're not, you know, because you start justifying stuff to yourself and I could do this mm -hmm. and then, oh, I could do this and then I yep. could, and then next thing you know, you look up and you're like, how'd you get over there? Mm. You know, making those kind of decisions. Yeah. And that happens a lot to sure. sole proprietors where if you're sitting around a plan table with six other land surveyors, yeah. someone's going to smack you yeah. If you're like, well, what if we right. just did this? What are you talking about? Sorry, yeah. did I say that out loud? Sorry. Yeah. You get corrected really quickly that way. Sure. Um, and then so on the volunteer side, and I do it almost, say, selfishly, just so I can be really involved, mm -hmm. is, um, and I'll, I'll segue into Ross Wolgar, started mm -hmm. a group out of his boardroom. Um, I think Noah and, um, you know, Moses were two of his mm -hmm. art students. <laughs> He's been around like for a while. He's been around for a few years. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. And so he started a long time ago in the boardroom, kind of educating um, even field crews and stuff yep. like that. And I did the same thing when I started in 1990 mm -hmm. in a boardroom mm -hmm. in Edmonton where it's like, hey, here's my background was civil engineering, though. Okay. Like I took a couple of years of civil engineering, came in sure. as, a, yep. as a the dean recommended I take some time off. <laughs> the dean's like, you know what? You would do really well if you took some time. I'm like, sure. That's awesome. So my wife was dean's list her whole yeah. time. And I'm like, I was on a list for the dean too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> take we your had, time off. Take your time off list. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but you get in the surveying, it's like, oh my gosh, I ducked, I dodged a bullet. I was almost yeah. an engineer. Yeah. This is, that was good. That was close. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing for me. I started out in engineering, mm -hmm. ended up with a degree in architecture and became a surveyor. <laughs> wow. That whole that whole architecture connection though, because yeah, so many architecture right. architects aren't mm. not clued in. Yep, hundred you know, percent. That's they're some of the worst. Yes. <laughs> so you mentioned Wolgar. Um, mm -hmm. Jump into that a little bit. I know that's something you're really passionate about, and it's kind of a you know an, an ongoing effort that you're involved with. So yeah. talk about that. Sure. So historically, so he started again in his boardroom, and then as kind of the online stuff came a little bit, he's he had a boardroom in Edmonton and a boardroom in uh, mm. Calgary, back and forth, and and they would okay. kind of connect online, and so mm -hmm. that the the, the presenters they would have and the people in the classroom would mm -hmm. kind of be able to ask questions and stuff. And then, and then it started going to no one showing up in the boardroom and everyone just signing on online. <laughs> and that's kind of where I entered. And I'm like, Ross, yeah. this is fantastic that you yep. set all this stuff up. And there's a number of directors in this group and it, it takes, you know, like a village yep. sometimes takes to, a village. To, to do all of this stuff. Yeah. And so, um, and I'd be remiss to not thank all of them. And sure. I say, thank them all by name, right? You know, Irwin and Reed and Jesse and like all these people that are standing yeah. up and just doing so much. It's fantastic. Um, regardless. So I'm like, Ross, this, you know, we do do this amazing, amazing presentation. Sure. By, let's say how often Dr. was he doing it? He was doing it weekly. Oh, weekly. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, wow, that was, you know what? That Dr. Rob Radovanovich just did an amazing presentation. Um, do you have that recorded? Yeah. Mm. Recorded. Didn't even, didn't even think about we that. We can record these? Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. And so it's these gold. are yeah. they're golden, yeah. absolutely golden. So that was a double-sided coin as far as when I came on board. I'm like, let's start recording these. Mm -hmm. And then, then 
students that weren't accessing it could then grab it and watch it sure. after. And I, and I say students, really it's stakeholders because it's other land surveyors. Yeah. And it's is it for students. free or is there something like totally a, for free? Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. It's just like, that's you know, awesome. Click on sign up. I mean, again, we're a little volunteer organization, so we mm -hmm. really only have room for 150 seats, but it's normally okay. they were getting consistently about 40 or 50. That's awesome. Showing up every week. Yep. Well then of course, once we start recording them, then we get 20 every week because I don't have to show oh, up Wednesday. Yeah, because they can watch him at they their convenience. Watch at their convenience, yeah. Like so, it. So that was a challenge in a way because then you're sure. not getting the questions and all of that other stuff. Yep. Um, and then, of course, if you do an amazing um, video on condominiums, mm -hmm. well, next year, you can't just take that exact same schedule and mm. do condominiums, you know, subdivisions yeah. with the same presenters. Sure. Because it's like, well, that's just like last year's present. Yeah. So we've mixed it up a little bit yep. as far as, well, that's great. That gives us a little bit more margin to sure. bring other people in, you know. Kind of keep it fresh and absolutely. relevant. Or have someone different do a presentation on condominiums, yep. let's say. And let's get a different, different perspectives. Perspective. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, how do people find out more about that if they were interested? So you can go on gmaxcollege.com. Okay. So, and and this great is Great website. This is, yeah. I mean, like... <laughs> Like surveyors, it's like, I don't know, we just missed the boat on technology except for our own technology yeah. in our back of our truck because yep. it's like, you can go on gmax.com or yeah. college.com and yeah. it's like, we can get that domain. Like even when we were looking it up, we're like, holy cow, that yeah. domain's available. Right, right. Okay, we'll just take we'll it. We'll take it. Yeah. So <laughs> awesome. we did that. We threw a website up and I'm sure we've had, I'm sure we've had at least five or six visitors. By nice. Now. Yeah. Nice. So, <laughs> so what about, um, I know you're also, uh, you know, passionate about social media. Yes, a little bit. A little bit, just kind of a hobby, just like to have fun with it, that type I'm, of thing. I'm still a dad, so you know, my yeah, kid, I, I have you. my kids go roll their eyes, and oh yeah, you know, I, 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 yeah. I we were at the top of the gondola yesterday, and I, yeah. I took a blue steel picture and yeah. sent it to my kid. <laughs> <laughs> like you're a dork. Yeah, that's that's pretty much I think the answer I got. Yeah, for sure. That's yes, awesome. Yeah. Uh, so what? Uh, where where can folks find you on uh, on social media? So my handle on Instagram is 3D Surveyor. 3D Surveyor. Again. Again. Genius. Like, really? <laughs> so, yeah. And yeah. so that, that to me is the easiest place. Sure. And, I, and I was talking to Claire earlier. And she's oh, yeah. like, oh, oh, great. I'll follow you. And she's like, wow, you have this amazing content. 21 yeah. posts. Yeah. Yeah, I've only had it for like 13 years. So, I mean, I don't know how many <laughs> posts I'm supposed to put up. Like one on my birthday every year. Yeah, there you go. Right, right. <laughs> so, I may get, uh, you know, we actually created one at GMAX College. Yeah. Oh, nice. On Instagram? On Instagram as okay, well cool. for Woolgar GMAX College. Yeah, very exactly. cool. Very so cool. I, I, so for this weekend, and I'm, again, I'm a, you know, I, the first pro, the first job that I used my Instagram account, yeah, was I got a job in Dominica. Okay. So, we'll go maybe off the rails a little bit here, but uh, when I ran into Ruth, and oh she's yeah, in, she's uh -huh. Puerto Rico, yep. and I'm like, yep. oh. Well, that's like Dominica. And I showed her my driver's license, my yeah. little international oh, wow. temporary driver's license yeah. from Dominica. Because the first thing people think, well, you mean Dominican Republic, right? Uh -huh. no, 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 Dominica. It's like just, we fly to Barbados yeah. and then you fly to yeah. Dominica. And um, short story, or long story, even hopefully shorter, is there was a tropical storm. Kay. I want to say 2015. Kay. And the company I was working with, they designed the road because the Leo River had swollen and ripped hmm. pieces of the road out. So they designed it. Yeah, for sure. We're good. They started building on that. And then in 2017, Hurricane Maria, class hmm. category five hurricane hit. And they're like, um, yeah, the road's not there anymore. Wow. You guys need to redesign this. So they're like, okay, oh, wow. fine. Just send us, send us the data. Yeah. 
yeah, there's no one here to survey that. Oh my gosh. And so their company, my company said, well, can we send someone? Yeah. And of course I'm standing there jumping up and down, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Take, take me, me <laughs> you know, and, That's awesome. and I pulled the short straw or whatever it was. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I yeah. threw my drone and my robot so cool. and my GPS and drug it. And in, as I live in Victoria and I work in Edmonton, I fly back and forth a bunch uh-huh. because versus a 12 hour drive, I'll just jump on a plane and fly. Yeah, sure. So I've taken my robot through security mm. more times than I can count. Right. And every time they're like, what is this? Yep. You know, yep. cause I actually have, I've reconfigured my carry on bag yeah. and built oh, wow. so my robot sits in there nice. so that I don't look like a real dark. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm sure I do, but yeah. <laughs> you know, going through, I'm just rolling a, a bag. It, all it has in it is my robot. Wow. So it goes through security and of course they open it and the gal, the gal looks at it and she's like, well, I want to take this out of its case and put mm. it through the, on the conveyor. I'm like, well, it's worth roughly 60 grand to replace. So if you want to do that, yeah. you can be liable for that. Yeah. Okay. No, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> right. But can I, can I just take it out with a phone? Like, okay. Yeah. We'll do that. Yeah. And, and we go through security so many times. Of course, this time I, my jackknife, of course. Oh, geez. I always have yeah, stuff. Right. Come on, we're surveyors. We yeah. have pointy stuff. And, right. Yeah, pointy stuff. You know, <laughs> I, I fortunately yeah. am not dragging through my machete or something like that. But right. uh, yeah. yeah, losing stuff through security just is con- quite, quite common. But they, yeah. they look at the robot and the prisms and all. Like, what is this stuff? And I'm dragging data collectors through yeah. all the time. So I, I open my laptop case and you pull up the laptop, you pull up the data collector, you pull up the, you know, and you're just, you're just looking at you like, what on earth is all this junk? <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> yes, exactly. And I'm like, yeah, you know, the guy that stands on the road, side of the road, looks in the camera. Yeah, yeah that's, that's whatever. Me. Yeah. yeah. So, so that was a good, cool story about, you know, the international experience. And it's just another really good example of where surveying can take you. I mean, it can literally take you from, you know, anywhere in the globe. I mean, everywhere needs surveyors. And when you get an opportunity like that, it just really kind of, I'm sure, makes you appreciate the profession that much more. Oh, absolutely. And again, tools of the trade mm. scenario, too, because we, I flew that section of road mm-hmm. and then tied a bunch of stuff in. And basically, we had a really quick and dirty mm-hmm. flight um, and lots of control and all that fun stuff that you do with drones. Yeah. But when you look at the imagery, which is on my 3D surveyor, by the way, yeah. <laughs> when you look at that imagery, I mean, th- right alongside the road, there's like a 13 meter <laughs> escarpment. No but when you look at it from like Google Earth or like yeah. from, it looks like, oh, well, we'll just have the road go over here. I'm like, yeah. that's not going to happen. Right. Yeah. You, and there's no way you would have surveyed that conventionally. Yeah. Right. You know, you walk up to a cliff and you look up and it's 13 meters up. Well, yeah. you know, I guess... 30 feet. 30 feet, yeah. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, before I let you get out of here, um, and I think I kind of know what you're going to say, what, what is it that you love about surveying? Wow, that's a... That's, Loaded question. That, that's not a soup question at all now, yeah. is it? <laughs> so I really enjoy the variety. Mm-hmm. Um, as a, as a self-accepting uh, uh, that I may be a little ADHD, it's fun to go to a job, get it done, and then not go there for the next six months mm-hmm. straight. Yep. Like that would, yeah. How, yeah. I don't know how these people, and I respect anyone that can just get up and do the same thing over and over and over sure. and over and over. Great. And I'm a propeller head. I think that's what my wife is waving at me. <laughs> but I'm a nerd. And I love being a nerd. And yeah. I think that's another thing. Yeah. And I, th- you know, and I was telling, and I've done the school thing, and mm-hmm. I've done the go to state thing, and all these mm-hmm. polytechs, and, mm-hmm. and present for them. Right. And, I'm like, with, with, with extreme games, yep. like when I was, okay, so this is, this was the selling point when I was in university and it was like, well, you can be an engineer or 
if you'd rather wide ride quads, skidoos, jump out of helicopters and carry a chainsaw around, you could be a surveyor. Yeah. And like, I'm like, sign me up. Done. I'll, I'll take that one. <laughs> yeah. Like what is, what are we even talking about? Like, right. not yeah. even. And so, and then as you get older, you can get your, you know, you can really mm. do more in your plans and your profession yep. and just develop that. So I think it really is well suited for these athletic and, and, and everything that, you know, these yeah. smart kids that they don't want to be sitting in an office mm-hmm. as an engineer. Yeah, and I just think that the um, attention span of the younger generation gets shorter and shorter, I think. Is it the opposite? No, It's I, very true. It gets but shorter and shorter. Media, social media is doing that, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, because like everything's like immediate gratification, mm-hmm. that type thing, you know. So, again, you know, I, I think surveying could be a uh, very appealing career opportunity for, you know, a, a lot of folks. Yes. For that, sure. that, that very reason, because there's no two days that are alike, basically. And I, I, like you, I mean, I'm, I consider myself never been diagnosed, but ADHD for sure. Yeah. And it's like, if I'm not juggling, you know, 12 things at once, it's like my brain goes into shutdown mode, you know? So it's weird. Yeah. So COVID's horrible. Let's go sit in your house by yourself. That's horrible. Nothing. It was the worst. No. It was, so, it was torture. Fortunately, yeah. again, in the provinces, at least up here, yeah. they had surveyors working right away. Yep. We were, yep. Yep. we were essential. Yeah. Essential. Exactly. Yeah, so you we drive up to thing. a roadblock and they look at you and where are you going? I'm going to work. And you just... I didn't give any answers. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, listen. Uh, we could probably talk for hours. Yes, we could. It's um, a real pleasure meeting you. Oh, great to meet you as well. Oh, I'm wanna, sure I we're going to keep in touch. One more thing in there. Please do. There's probably other people listening to this, and I'm out there with headphones in my ears, mm-hmm. doing an as built or staking files or whatever, and I'm yeah. listening away, and I'm like, I kind of feel like, hey, I'm among friends now. Yeah. I'm not all by myself with right. a robot out here <laughs> in the middle it. of nowhere. That's so great. I really do appreciate that. That's, That's awesome, Brian. I appreciate that for sure. Absolutely. All right. Hey, safe travels. Yes. All, All right. right. Flying back to the island. So. All right. Take care. It'll be fun. Take care. All right. We're back here in our rustic setting here in Montreblant. Yes. That's Mont- my Montreblant. that's my best uh, French accent there. It's okay. I did uh, French grade four, five, six, and oh, there yeah, you go. that's where it stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Googling things. How do I say thank you? Yes. Yeah, yes. so funny. Um, so I'm really excited to have this conversation. First of all, let's do a self-introduction. Just give us your name, you know, who you're with, and maybe, you know, how long you've been working in the survey profession. Sounds great. Yeah, uh, my name is Claire Maskowitz. I'm the Director of Marketing and Development at GeoVera. Um, and I have been in the industry um, for about three years now. Okay. So I um, started at GeoVera in March 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, it basically started, and I'm proud to say I'm GeoVera employee number one um, because everyone else, yeah, there were like So GeoVera um, came to be uh, with two other firms bringing their survey uh, groups oh, together. Okay, okay. So um, WSP. Sure, um, and a big company. Yeah, big company. Yep. And they decided to pull out their geomatics division, um, their group from BC to Ontario. Okay. Um, they still retained their Quebec and Atlantic surveying group, but okay. yeah, the Ontario West and then Altus Geomatics. Um, Altus, yep. Came together to create GeoVera. So okay. um, pretty cool that um, I... I always tell everyone I was GeoVera employee number one. And that is it, cool. you know, it means a lot because, um, surprise, surprise, you know, marketing, I'm not a surveyor. Mm-hmm. It's not my thing. Um, love the surveying industry now, but 
It was neat that, um, yeah, first hire was a marketing person. Makes um, sense. So, you know, I think that it shows the, the value of marketing. And, for sure. Um, generating awareness for the company. Yeah. And is it just a Canadian firm or are you also? Just Canadian. Just yeah. Canadian. Okay. Yeah. Right now. You never know. Gotcha. But yeah, right now, Canadian. Gotcha. Well, you just mentioned that, uh, you know, you're not a surveyor, but you've come to love the industry. Yeah. And I sat in on your presentation this morning about uh, advocacy of mm -hmm. the profession, which was phenomenal. You did a fantastic job. Thank I you. love that um, it was kind of short and sweet. You mm -hmm. know, you hit all the hot buttons mm -hmm. and kept it really, really simple, made some really, really good comparisons. Um, what, what's brought you to this point where, you know, you have this passion as far mm -hmm. as advocating for the profession? I think it's because, well, one, I've really enjoyed the the folks that I've met. You know, mm -hmm. the, the surveyors that I have met, um, and I'm sure you can agree, a mm -hmm. lot of them are very introverted, mm. humble, modest, but it's amazing yep. what they do and what they bring to the world. And mm -hmm. and I didn't know before, right? I mentioned in my presentation that I just mm -hmm. thought that they did real property reports mm -hmm. and didn't really understand the industry, and, and I know I'm not alone. So, um so yeah, certainly a passion around just spreading the word. And um, I see a problem, but I also see a relatively simple solution. Mm. You know, it's not it's not easy. And sure. I'm not saying that it's a overnight fix, but yep. I think that just having these conversations, right? Mm. Like I think that that's um, an easy solution to the problem. And if people would just talk a little bit more about what they do and mm -hmm. the exciting world of surveying, I, I think that it could solve some issues. So. Yeah, and I think, you know, one of my takeaways from what you just said is that um, as surveyors, we tend to probably overcomplicate things, and that could be part of the reason we're in the situation we're in, in addition to, as you said, being humble, and when you're humble like that, you're not real good about bragging about what you do, so it's like the perfect storm, really. Yeah. Um, but some of the best ideas I've heard over the last few days have come from folks that are not surveyors mm -hmm. that are just very very passionate about the industry yeah yeah I think um, I was saying to someone earlier you know we talk about <clears throat> diversity in the industry and mm -hmm. you know that can mean many things sure um, but I think that it's also um, bringing in diverse perspectives right mm -hmm. diversity is all about like the, the value of diversity is perspectives mm -hmm. and having different perspectives and ideas and um, that's where I think we need to open that up and invite people in a little bit more to have those conversations. And I, I, I am coming in with a fresh set of eyes right? and I yep. have a different viewpoint and I think I can provide um, value in other ways. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Talk about the power of, uh, you, you did so a little bit in your presentation, mm -hmm. but the power of social media. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's huge. Like, and I'm remembering off the top of my head, I think that it was that people spend, you know, over six hours mm -hmm. a day online, an hour and 53 minutes of that is on social media. Right. And um, it's a free resource. Like, sure, there's paid advertising mm -hmm. and companies can pay for paid ads. But yep. um, for the most part, um, your connections really matter. And, you know, I talked about word of mouth marketing mm. um, and it's still the most trusted source of information is sure. from your friends and from your peers. Yep. So um, having people share on, on social what they're doing um, means so much more than a company just putting out a paid post. Um, so just thinking about the network and the, the, the spread that we have and the reach that we have um, just to share simple things. Right. And <clears throat> I think part of that too is the, um, you know, collaboration, I don't know, get ahead of myself, but collaboration over competition. I think that's yep, I huge. love that. I love that. <clears throat> and there's some industries that have done a fantastic job of that. And my example was craft breweries. Mm -hmm. and, um, Great example. They collaborate like in, um, they're, they're always working together on yep. new Supporting things. Supporting each other. Supporting each other. And it's mm -hmm. about 
promoting the industry, not necessarily the individual company. And I think that we can do a better job of that, even mm-hmm. on social. Like I, I do make a point and of you know liking other companies' posts because that's okay. Like mm. we should oh, yeah. do that, and for sure we should be sh- should be helping each other out because it just better's the industry. Yep. Um, and social media is a p- very powerful tool, and it's an easy thing to do. We're already there. Mm-hmm. We're already online. We know we yep. are. So we might as well just kind of make a little bit of an effort. And yep. um, that's it. If you're a shy person and you're an introvert, an easy way to, to share what you do is through social. So. No question. And, uh, you know, just doing this podcast over the course of the last four years just made me realize um, how powerful social media can be. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned it's like it takes two seconds to like a post. Mm-hmm. But that one like opens that post or that poster, posty, whatever, mm-hmm. up to a whole nother audience. Yeah. Whole you know? other network. And it's just, it, it, it snowballs, mm-hmm. you know, and you just don't realize, like you said, mm-hmm. the power of it, you mm-hmm. know, just like, share, what have you. I mean, just take a second to do that. It doesn't matter if it's not your post. Mm-hmm. Anytime you do that, you're, you know, you're paying it forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. It doesn't matter where the content comes from and, yep. you know, post away, post what you want. You don't have to give credit necessarily. It's just getting it out there and getting that message out. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy. So, um, Michelle from consulting surveyors, you yes. know, obviously she's, uh, very, very passionate like yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it, it, it's amazing how, you know, l- the concerns that we have as a profession, the challenges we have are not, just siloed to the States or Canada or North mm-hmm. America. It is a global mm-hmm. uh, concern, yeah. you know, and everybody's dealing with the same issues uh, around the globe. And what I think is really exciting is it seems that we're kind of in a point right now where there's a lot of collaboration happening mm-hmm. with these people that are passionate about promoting the profession because it's really easy to get caught up in like reinventing the wheel mm-hmm. when there's no need to you mm-hmm. know like Michelle and, and her group I mean she's got so many cool things going on yeah. it's like we you don't have to reinvent the wheel just Michelle is going to share those resources and yes. and just make it as easy as possible and then it's more like a, a united front at mm-hmm. that point versus mm-hmm. this person doing this this person doing that this person doing that mm-hmm. and it gets kind of fractured you know yeah um yeah that's a good point when you talk about the um the silos right like and I feel like we have that even within our own industry within mm-hmm. Canada and we have these silos and um yeah it's really all about working together mm-hmm. and yeah we can do so much more together when we mm-hmm. have these resources and thinking about how far we can spread our efforts but um yeah looking at what Australia is doing and you know Michelle will admit that that's taken years to do that but sure. they've done a lot of the legwork for us so yep. absolutely we should be looking at what they're doing and you mm-hmm. know I think it mentioned um you know we we're talking about high schools and getting in front of high schools and um at GeoVera we're building a slide deck and you know, and that's great but then mm-hmm. Michelle's like well we have one we can share that with you and I was like yeah. oh well that'd be fantastic right. like why not you know again yep. yeah if somebody's already done it, then mm-hmm. um, why reinvent the wheel and um, just mm-hmm. use our resources more effectively? And I think there's a lot of cross learnings and cross collaboration that we can share mm-hmm. um, as well. So, yeah, and you mentioned it also in your in your uh, presentation um, efforts like get kids in a survey. Mm-hmm. You know, Elaine Ball, she's been doing yeah. that for a number of years now and does a fantastic job with it. Yeah. And I think it's it's finally getting the traction it deserves in North America. Mm-hmm. Um, she's franchising. Yes. Um, my good friend Trent Keenan is the West Coast franchise 
E owner, whatever, mm-hmm. of Get Kids and Survey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's as passionate as anybody about the profession. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see what, you know, what he's going to do with that. Yeah. But there's other opportunities. You know, I'm sure there's the, you know, the the Midwest franchise mm-hmm. available on the Southeast and the Northeast. And mm-hmm. I'm sure there's franchises in Canada available. Yeah. Um, you know, those are some really good opportunities for, you know, even a company to, to mm-hmm. get involved with, you know. It'd be mm-hmm. kind of cool if Gio Vera was the... The Canadian get kids into survey franchise owner. Huh? Oh, definitely. No, I've talked to Elaine about that. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> We've already got down that. <laughs> I didn't yeah. mean to put you on the spot. No, no, no. It's true. It, it's great though. But it's again one yeah. of those things that you know there's already tools and there's resources available. So yeah. um, we should be supporting those things. And um, <clears throat> I'm speaking on my behalf, not the company. But mm-hmm. I think certainly Geovera, um, we are oh, excuse me one of uh, Canada's largest surveying and geomatics mm-hmm. firms. And I always say that we. Um, owe this to the industry, you mm-hmm. know, like we should be doing our part because sure. we're, you know, f- we're one of the biggest and we need a lot of resources. Well, then we need to be doing something about the yeah. lack of resources. So yeah. that's it's that pay it forward it mentality, is. you know, you know, and that's why I'm happy to you know yeah. do things like this and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. And present and talk about advocacy and it's not to represent yep. my company, but it's to represent the industry mm-hmm. for sure. And it all comes back to you. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge believer in that. You know, yeah. the, one of my favorite phrases is uh, you got to give to get. Yeah. And the more you give, uh, trust me, the yeah. more you're going to get. It's true. It Ka- comes karma's, around. Karma's real. Karma real is real. Huge <laughs> believer for sure. Yeah. Um, so what are some of your biggest takeaways from the last couple of days? <clears throat> um, well, it was funny. So sitting in on a number of the, the meetings and presentations, I kept hearing things that I'm like, Oh no, that's in my presentation. Hey, that's in my presentation. Wait a second. That's yeah. in my presentation. Everyone yeah. is just going to have heard right. all of this already. And my presentation is going to be old news. But then I was like, you know what? No, this is great. Mm-hmm. Everybody's already thinking about these things. Right. Um, so it's, it, so a takeaway certainly is that everybody has this on their, their brain. Um, even though we're here, it's, you know, essentially a bit of a business conference and whatnot, but mm-hmm. everyone has advocacy on the mind and it's a, a real thing and a real challenge. Um, and, but then I also get excited to see that people are, um, willing to take the next step, Mm -hmm. you know, um, several people came up after and thanked me for the presentation and, um, it's nice to see that people are engaged and enthusiastic about this. I wasn't sure. I was like, I Mm -hmm. don't know who I'm going to be presenting to and what's the crowd going to be like and are people going to care and people do. So you know, we, we talk often about the, the gloom and doom. And I think you mentioned that in the international panel discussion the other mm-hmm. day. Um, but it's also exciting to see the opportunities For that sure. exist. And um, I hope that, um, you know, with my role and what I'm doing, mm-hmm. all I care about is, you know, helping leave a little bit of a legacy mm-hmm. and whatever that may be. And, um, and yeah, so I think that my takeaway from this is that there's opportunity we can change. It's just a matter of working together and mm-hmm. we need to just do a better job of working together. It's, yep. it's easy. We can. Yep. Yep. A good friend of mine, uh, Michael Bowman, if you're not following him on, uh, uh LinkedIn, okay. great guy. I mean, I, yeah. uh, he's a, uh, like a, a life coach, business coach, whatever okay. that I subscribe to him and we have conversations, you know, every so often that type thing. And he has a saying that I believe it goes, uh, be the legend that outlives your legacy or something, something along those lines. But you mentioned legacy and I love that. Um, you mentioned you weren't sure who you're going to be talking to during your presentation. And what I think is pretty exciting. And as a result of the podcast, I get to go to a lot of conferences and that type thing. Mm -hmm. And when I used to go to conferences, you know, 70% of the people in the audience were 
of the older generation, gray yeah. hair, yeah. probably within five years of retirement. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's slowly happening, but mm-hmm. the age group or demographic of the people that are coming to the conferences is becoming younger yeah. and more diverse mm-hmm. for that matter. Which is great. So things are happening. You know, every, all these efforts that people are putting into this, it's, it's a grind. You mm-hmm. know, it's like steering a battleship as they say, yeah. but, um, change is happening. Yeah. And anything good takes time, right? Yep, like it's, sure. there's nothing, you can't rush good things, right? Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see that, that that progression is happening and it's coming. And even just looking at um, the, the different boards and associations and provincial associations and mm-hmm. the, the membership and the people who are running those, you know, like it's a younger group and it's the next generation. And it's nice yeah. to see that that happening. So yeah, 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 it really is. So, what, um, like, what, what are you excited about? Like, whether it's a year away or five years away. Mm. I mean, what, what do you, what do you kind of project into the future? Um, well, certainly, like now that we've made such a great connection with Michelle, and um, I know Bill from PSC already did, but mm-hmm. making that connection and just seeing where we can go with it, and um, I think there's a lot that we can do, and we can mimic a lot of what's happening, and mm-hmm. um, I'm sure she's fine with us just copying what they've done. You know, but, oh, for but, sure. So yeah. why not? Um, and then, you know, I think that there is a real possibility for, um, you know, I know advertising campaigns take time and they take money, but... Um, I do see there being a really great opportunity for some sort of a campaign, right, around um, getting getting more people, getting the high school students into schools, like, and yeah. um, working with the schools. Like, that's the problem, too, and mm. in Canada is a lot of the schools are shutting down, right, low enrollments. Mm. Oh, wow. So um, it'd be great if, as industry and some mm-hmm. of these associations could work with the schools for a bit of a, a campaign. You know, I'm in marketing. I'm all about the campaign yeah, and yeah. the ads yeah, I and love the, it. the flashiness and, like, let's do the social media campaign. It'll yeah. be great and get a hashtag trending and um so i think that's where i'd like to see you know a year from now maybe that's where we go and just getting into high schools more i I think think that is the key yeah getting into high schools teachers Mm -hmm. you know guidance counselors that type thing i mean i think we're missing the boat a little bit there that's Mm -hmm. a really good i think uh, avenue Mm -hmm. to you know get kids that are at an age like at an influential age Mm -hmm. where they're starting to really think seriously hopefully about what they want to do for their life um and uh, again, I mentioned Trent, Trent Keenan, um, you know, he attended a, like the National Guidance Counselors Convention oh, wow. and set up a booth there. <gasps> and, you know, of course, had all the Get Kids in the Survey stuff out yeah. and just the equipment out and stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, those are the things that I think are going to make a, 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 a kind of like the low lying fruit, really, yes, yes. you know, and it's a. Uh, it just takes time. It takes time. Say, it takes commitment. time and resources, yep. right? And that's I think the hardest thing is that mm-hmm. you know we, we try to do what we can, but then we're also we we have our day jobs too, right? 100%. Like that's the thing is like we have our day jobs to do, and yeah, um, yeah. That's why you know leaning on kind of overarching associations is certainly helpful. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, what else? Anything else you want to get out there? that we haven't touched on? I'm sure we could probably talk for hours. Oh my goodness, no. What's life at uh, Giovera like? Oh, it's good. It's great. You know what? I've, the the opportunities that I've had over the last three years have just been fantastic. And, um, you know, I know I certainly have, I think I've manifested that myself. Like mm. I put it, you know, you put Another it out in the world. Another great word. I love that. Yes, you, yeah. you put it out in the world that you want these things. And yep. so I, I will say that, you know, between, you know, presenting at this conference and mm-hmm. I was on another podcast and I wrote an article for the Peaster magazine, like yep. um, a lot of really great opportunities. And um, a lot of that's because I have great support from a yep. wonderful leadership team. So that makes a huge difference. So. Yeah. yeah, it's it's huge that you continue to put yourself out there mm-hmm. because, um, 
I mean, first of all, it, it takes it takes guts to do that. Yeah. Right. Especially when it's not my industry. <laughs> exactly. Like, don't ask me anything about surveying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I can promote the hell out of it. I can't. Just don't ask me anything technical. <laughs> right. Right. But it's uh. But you just never know who you're gonna meet. No. You know, and who that person uh, knows, and mm-hmm. who they can introduce you to, and it's just. The more you no put yourself out there, you know, I tell, I tell my daughters all the time, like, listen, you cannot meet enough people no. in this lifetime. I no. mean, meet as many people as you possibly can. Exactly. You just never know, you know, where it's going to lead you. So definitely. So yeah, well, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Great to meet you. I look forward yeah. to working with you. I'm sure that we're going to be collaborating Absolutely. moving forward and, uh, yeah, safe travels. Yes, it was wonderful to meet you. It was like meeting a local celebrity. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I'm blushing. Uh, all right. Thank thanks. you. Okay, we are back. Here we are at the end of the end of the day, end of the conference per se, right? And uh, just real quick, I've been looking forward to this conversation all day, so this is going to be really good. I'm going to let him introduce himself. So just real quick, why don't we do name, um, w- what you do, and maybe how long you've uh, been serving? So it must have been a really slow day. So if you're no. worrying for me, no, you're like a celebrity. People are taking their pictures with you. So my name is Jean Gagnon. Uh, I'm a French Canadian uh, uh, surveyor, uh, surveyor all of my life, uh, forty years. Oh my goodness! In the business. Yep. So, in my uh, current capacity, I'm the uh, surveyor general for Canada lands. Yeah. Uh, that is basically all the federal lands in Canada. In Canada, the way the constitution is made. Uh, provinces have jurisdiction over provincial lands, okay. and they are either surveyor generals or directors of surveys in the provinces. But on federal lands, uh, okay. I'm the person in charge of that. Uh, across the entire country? Across the entire country. Wow. So it's all public lands. Okay. Okay, lands that would be owned by the federal government. Sure. Uh, those includes in Canada... Uh, a lot of the indigenous lands or the oh, lands yeah. held in trust for the okay. indi- indigenous people. Yeah. Uh, the Northern Territories, Canada's offshore. And, offshore, uh, okay. Yeah, and a neat part of my job is really uh, by being Surveyor General, I'm also uh, Canada's uh, commissioner to the International Boundary Commission. Oh my so gosh. I've got a friend in the U.S. Uh, yeah, I bet you do. That we're responsible to maintain Canada's uh, boundary and yeah. boundary markers uh, between the two countries. So that is awesome. How many uh, like ballpark? Maybe you know exactly. I don't know how many acres does that entail as far as the can, uh, Canada lands go. I should know that. I mean, it's a lot. I'm sure. I mean, it's it's probably more than uh, the lands that aren't Canada lands, right? It is more than the lands that are not Canada lands. Yeah. Yes. It, yeah. That's um, uh, the entire Northwest Territories, the uh, Arctic. Uh, I've got a number in mind that looks at about uh, 8 million square kilometers. Wow. So. Unbelievable. Does that uh, keep, you, keep you awake at night or is it a pretty easy job? It's pretty easy. <laughs> got good people. Exactly. So do you have, I mean, this is a good opportunity for you to clarify this. So I understand there's a, uh, is it a CLS certification? Yeah. In Canada, there's uh, provincial uh, uh, commissions okay. or uh, licensure. And there's also a federal one. So a, okay. ca- a Canada land surveyor uh, designation. Okay. 
myself, I've, I'm originally from uh, the province of New Brunswick. I'm mm-hmm. a New Brunswick mm-hmm. land surveyor first. So that's yep. where I started my career. Uh, and eventually joined the federal government and obtained my Canadian or Canada land surveyor uh, okay. commission. So how many Canada land surveyors are there? Uh, roughly about 450, but not all practicing. There's about 325 okay. uh, practicing Canada land surveyor. Okay. Uh, if we look at the uh, the actual um, volume of work for land surveyors across Canada, mm-hmm. it's th- in the the provincial system because okay. it's uh, the private properties are all okay. in the provincial system, right? Sure. Uh, on, on the federal lands, you'd mm-hmm. be looking more at the mineral rights, uh, mm-hmm. uh, those types of activities, and um, the. the, the the growth or th- of the market economy mm-hmm. is in the real in in the private sector mm-hmm. or in the the private lands, not the the federal lands. Okay, so do you have to be a and again, I'm not sh- the terminology is a, a little vague to me. Um, to be a CLS, do you have to be a provincial surveyor? Like, do you have to have to have a provincial surveyor license before you can have a CLS license? No, nope, or certification. No, you can uh, okay. have a C- uh, CLS uh, licensure only, okay, if, or commission if you want. Commission. Um, yeah. There's in Canada. There's in other words, there's eleven regulatory bodies, and you okay. can enter the profession in any of those uh, regulatory bodies. Gotcha. Um, the there, but there's a Canadian Board of Examiners that uh, basically is equivalent for everybody. So it mm-hmm. serves all the associations, all the regulatory bodies. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So it sounds a lot like what we have in the States, the CFEDS, which is Certified Federal Surveyor, uh, that allows you to survey on, you know, um, you know, the, the, I guess the, the federal lands, same, same, type, same type principle. Yeah. Yeah. So similar to to our role here and on federal lands would be i think the bureau of land management blm yep. blm mm-hmm. would be the place in in the states gotcha okay i'm with you yeah. yeah um so do you have like a team of surveyors that work for you or is that work that needs to be done on these lands uh contracted out to the majority is contracted out so okay. we're, we're an organization we've got about 160 employees uh, across the country okay uh, our role is more about regulating uh, uh, the surveys or managing the survey programs. T- so mm. uh, large survey programs would be uh, resolution of uh, lane claims okay. for indigenous people, uh, getting all of those. Yeah. Uh, we, we would work in, and uh, with the uh, uh, First Nations, uh, indigenous uh, organizations, uh, and with... Uh, the territorial, provincial, or federal government, mm-hmm. all the parties in negotiating what lands are going to mm-hmm. be a part of the treaty uh, settlement. Mm. And those lands would need to be surveyed. We would manage the survey contracts mm-hmm. for these, but it would be contracted out to the private sector mostly. Okay. So these lands, um, are they, w- when somebody goes to survey them, is it basically a retracement? Like they were surveyed at some point in time, correct? By the original surveyors? Not all of them. Really? So, so there's some lands that have never been surveyed. There's a lot of lands that have never been surveyed. Wow. A, a lot of lands that's that a whole new concept. Settled with with uh, our indigenous peoples. Uh, so okay. It's through the uh, negotiation of land claims mm-hmm. or uh, negotiations could be uh, lands that were never uh, promised but were never transferred. So it's rectifying those paths. And yeah. uh, from a reconciliation perspective, it's really important. Okay. 
Um, so a lot of these have never been surveyed. And if, if it's been surveyed before, then it's a retracement survey. Mm -hmm. and, and we do those retracement surveys mm -hmm. uh, uh, often also. Sure. And it's, uh, it's my understanding that there are different uh, cadastral systems in Canada, like there is, there's meets and bounds. There's more of like what we have, you know, in most of the states, the rectangular system. And then there's other systems that could get very confusing. It, it is, but it isn't. It isn't. Okay. Uh, it is. If you're going to be going from one jurisdiction to the next, mm -hmm. uh, however, uh, in a, in a province, you'll have usually one or two systems, uh, in, um, a lot of the early provinces, uh, Eastern, like, uh, the Atlantic provinces, uh, Ontario and Quebec and BC, um, are all, uh, pre-confederation or mm. nearly confederation. Okay. Uh, they have their own, uh, systems, mm -hmm. uh, whereas, uh, our prairie provinces would be a lot like the, the West, uh, actually, uh, the Surveyor General back in uh, 1870 around uh, visited the U.S. to see the rectangular system in the oh, U.S. Oh, really? Okay. And, Interesting. And, and sort of applied it in, in Canada with, with, with some modifications. Sure. So. Yeah. yeah. So some of these lands that, <clears throat> excuse me, have never been surveyed, how, like, how do you rectify those boundaries? Not sure I understand your question from a rectification how, point of view. Well, okay, how, okay, maybe maybe rec rectify isn't the right word. How do you establish those boundaries in lands that have never been surveyed? So it's all considered crown lands, so okay. lands of the, the crown. Uh, the legislation <laughs> provides awesome. uh, provides uh, uh, full authority of, of Canada to define how those lands are going to be defined. Okay, but it's really negotiated, right? Yeah. It's it's a uh, uh, a negotiation between uh, indigenous peoples and, and Canada, and uh, from there they they choose the lands, and once the land are chosen, they're they're surveyed, and the sur the object of the survey is to make sure that we follow the intentions of the party that came up to an agreement. Okay, right? it's sort of, it's like an, a treaty a, agreement. Okay, nothing different with uh, the boundary between our two countries, sure. which was. Uh, uh, basically defined by treaties and then commissions were created to try mm. to determine where those were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so when these surveys are completed, especially these ones that are done for the first time, um, those records are kept where then is that a repository somewhere or something? It's a public record. Yeah. It's a public record. Yeah. It's, uh, maintained in the archives of the Surrey general. So okay. my organization, yeah. Uh, we've got all the original surveys dating back to uh, Confederation, which is it's awesome. Yeah, uh, 150 plus years ago. Yeah. Uh, one exercise what we've done that was really really neat in, the, in the, between 2012 or in 2017, mm -hmm. we digitized all those records. Cool. And uh, they've all been signed with a, a digital signature to to log them like that. Mm. Uh, we've changed the legislation to bring that digital uh, copy mm -hmm. as the official copy. Mm -hmm. uh, we sent uh, the original plans, plats to mm -hmm. the National Archives for preservation. Yeah. So now you can access all of these documents online, yeah. free of charge, every Canadian. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so that's really, that is really, cool. really neat. Yeah, I'm sure it's super interesting. Well, yeah. most people wouldn't find it interesting, but as a surveyor, I yeah. think it'd be really cool to go back and look at some of those old records. Yeah, and and the other thing is when COVID hit, they closed down everything. We were all digital. Hmm. And I would say like Lance Rayers probably stopped maybe for three weeks, four weeks, and they were all uh, considered as essential employees. Uh, workers for keeping the economy going yeah uh and they kept on going and and we were able to process everything online we just moved uh, all our employees in their own house but everything they had access to all our records wow it was like that's crazy that was very helpful to de- go yeah. through the the pandemic like that sure absolutely so uh, what type of measuring devices were used for some of those original surveys like for example in the states you know it was you know a chain 66 foot chain um same type of th- same thing in canada or was there same, same exact thing. same chains and rods chains rods yeah okay okay uh the the where you got to be careful is um the province of quebec okay. uh got the french uh mm-hmm. influence mm-hmm. uh so from a legal perspective there, there's also the um uh the uh, civil law uh, of Quebec, it was mm-hmm. a civil code, whereas the common law um, uh, for the rest of Canada, much like sure. the states, yeah. and a foot in France is not the same as a foot in yep. uh, the UK. Yep. Uh, so if, if when you got to be, you, you really need to know which system applied. Sure. Because uh, that makes a whole lot of difference, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and we did notice that in the fringes of the provincial, like I was from northern New Brunswick, yeah. which is close to Quebec, mm-hmm. it did have the influence of the Quebec into the measuring. Sometimes they wouldn't, you know, although it was a common law province yep. uh, built under the uh, the UK, it did have areas where it was surveyed using mm-hmm. the French chain French. or the French rod. Yeah. So you got to know. You got to know. You can get really you, messed up. Yeah, you <laughs> get that, yourself in a lot of trouble. So, so don't hire the, the surveyor from another province to come there. You, yeah. Like you really need the, the local knowledge. Absolutely, absolutely. And then, do you also have like in the states? You know, we have uh, you know the state playing coordinate system, uh, grid and ground, same type thing. Do you guys have a, a, a projection or projections that kind of mimic something like that? Yeah. Uh, very similar. Very similar. Uh, we've got uh, different zones, different zones uh, yep. UTM zones, mm-hmm. and uh, we've adopted uh, NAT eighty three CSRS as our mm-hmm. our uh, main mm-hmm. uh, uh, reference system. Okay, and uh, actually, uh, states are moving to NAT Ref twenty twenty two, and we're um, one of the organizations that I've gotten under my shop is the. Uh, equivalent to the NGS, uh, the Canadian okay. Geodetic Survey. Yep. So they're working closely with the NGS oh, to, cool. to, for that transition, and we're going to be yep. moving at the same time with the U.S. Yeah, yeah. I think it was supposed to be, it was, well, it was 22, but now, it's obviously, with probably COVID. probably 27, 25, 27. <laughs> right. yes. Yeah, yeah. And again, I think, I think the intent of that is fantastic. Um, it's just going to be mass confusion for a little bit. You know? But yeah, who knows? Maybe it'll be the last time, but probably not. There's always going to be a bit of evolution, but it's it's yeah. it's going to be smaller and smaller and smaller yeah. differences, right? So yeah, yeah. And for, from an uh, autonomous type of 
uh, integration vehicle on a real-time sure. uh, positioning. I think that's going to become more and more important mm. as we move along. So, yeah, no, I agree 100%. Um, so what are some of like, the specific challenges that surveyors have in, uh, in Canada? Right now, I, th I would say that the, the biggest challenge is having uh, the available uh, labor mm -hmm. or workforce to yep. be able to, to deliver the need. Sure. Uh, it's uh, an aging profession. Uh, we've seen this for the last 10 years going dwindling down, dwindling down. And I think what's even more scary now is it's not only about land surveyors. It's, it's all professions, mm. all areas where... Mm. Uh, not having enough people to do yep. everything that needs to get done. Yep. Yep. So I think there, what's really going to be important is how do we diversify mm -hmm. uh, the profession a bit more? How do we uh, change a bit the tools that we bring to our mm. our uh, take uh, advantage of technology? Take advantage of technology. Sure. Maybe, you know what, maybe we're approaching this wrong. Maybe we don't need to, maybe we need to stop beating our heads against the wall about how to get more people interested in the profession and we need to figure out how to clone people. Maybe that's an easier solution. Yeah. I, I, I think if you look at how to get like a, a survey done in the future or a surveying mm. done. Yep. Um, a lot of places where the surveyor does everything. It does the measurement, does the the tackling, mm -hmm. and, uh, does the plan, does the rafting, does the prepares everything and signs everything. Mm. Uh, really look at uh, how do we expand a bit uh, the, the various contributions to 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 do the build up mm. to, to the, the last thing. Um, it's it's like a carpenter that has a toolbox and he brings twenty five hammers in his toolbox. Mm -hmm. He's not going to be able to get very far. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the a analogy there of the 25 surveyors uh, in, in the toolbox, I'm more looking at uh, an, a diversified team of expertise mm. and really look at that and how do we bring various types of expertise in, mm -hmm. into the delivery of, of, of what needs to be done. Yeah. And that's going to be a challenge, and, but it could help out a lot in, mm -hmm. uh, from a point of view of uh, uh, foreign train type mm -hmm. of uh, individuals. Immigration sure. is going to be really important to address the shortage of uh, the workforce yep. in the future. So. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. Um, you know, we talk about it all the time, you know, as surveyors, we have a lot of tools in the toolbox. It's just important that, uh, again, as surveyors, that we know the limitations of each of those tools and use the appropriate tool for the specific job. Exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, you can get yourself in trouble, for sure. Um, yeah, what else? So you've been surveying for a long time. What uh, I've been asking everybody the same question. Um, you know, wh what do you love so much about surveying? It, it's, it, it's something that changes over the course of yeah. a career. Uh, why did I originally join surveying? Uh, I wanted to be an architect. I was lousy at drawing. <laughs> I look at survey plans, it's just a bunch of lines. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll be good at that. <laughs> no, I, actually, I was working with my father on a, with a, a land development company, and I saw this person doing all kinds of things and neat instruments. Mm. Kind of look cool. I like math. I like geometry. So I said, I'm yeah. going to go to school. I'm going to try that out. You bet. And originally in my career, it was a lot of outdoors. Mm. I love the outdoors. Yep. 
Uh, I love it. And uh, so I just got into it. I really liked it. As I grow um, older, um, I like the, one of the things that, it, it's, I think it comes down to core values of people. And one of the core values I find of land surveyors is they need to be impartial. Mm. You're serving out a boundary. Uh, you've got a client that pays you, mm. but you, that boundary does not belong to your client to, to, to put where that right. client wants, sure. right? Yep. So you've got to look at protecting the rights of the other sure. uh, neighbor. And That's the uh, integrity part of it. The integrity part of it. And yep. I think that is something really that's core, uh, core value that I've got. Yep. Uh, and uh, like every time I meet surveyors, it's all about the people that have that sort of core values into them. Yeah. So I, I really, like, to me, that speaks to me. Sure. Yep. Uh, I'm a public, public servant. Yep. Public servant because I'm trying to help and serve the, the public. So, mm. again, it's about integrity. It's about, uh, so I, it, it, a lot of it comes to your core values as a person. And, and for me, those spoke to me. Yeah, yeah. And when you say that, I think a lot of surveyors don't look at surveying from that perspective as far as being a public servant. Um, but when you look at it that way, I mean, it really puts things into perspective. Uh, and I, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. If, if you look at other countries, a lot of the uh, other countries, they don't have private land surveyors. They have mm. the, all the surveyors all uh, own or oper uh, work for, for uh, the government. Mm. And very few in private sector. Uh, Canada and states uh, it's still around mm -hmm. very few in the public service a lot in the private sector but yeah. still it's, it's you're sort of like a delegated authority mm. to protect the yeah. public's interest right great so. way to look at it that's why it's so scary when um, like in the states I know there's been a handful of states where deregulation has come up you know to the point that's scary you know that's when <laughs> essentially anybody can be a surveyor and uh Wow. I mean, I, I can't even put, I can't wrap my mind around that if that was to happen. Yeah. I, I think deregulation is, a, is a way for politicians to be able to try to increase the number. Mm -hmm. And as a profession, we say we don't have enough lancers. We don't yep. have enough lancers. Yeah. Well, one easy way to do it is to deregulate. Right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that, one of the challenges for the profession, if you like to, to, uh, remain re relevant mm. uh, would be how do we facilitate mm -hmm. uh, labor mobility? How do we bring in uh, more people or make it easy for people to come in? Yeah, but still be qualified, still be like uh, a happy median there. Yeah. yeah. So so it, that's the part where where I think we need to succeed mm. if we if we're really concerned about that deregulation and the impact of that on, on mm -hmm. the public good. Yeah, kind of on that note, um, the educational requirement to be a certified surveyor in Canada, is it consistent across the provinces or does it vary? It is consistent across the province. We, uh, The Canadian Board of Examiners have a, a consistent syllabus. So it's ba basically a bachelor's degree or equivalent of a bachelor's degree, which is four mm -hmm. years into... Uh, that needs to meet certain uh, uh, mm -hmm. uh, courses or, or syllabus. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much con uh, consistent across Canada. Yeah, yeah. And is that, are you, I don't want to put you on the spot, but are, do you think that's good? I mean, do you think four years should be required or do you think there sh 
could be some flexibility that maybe it's a two-year degree with X amount of years of experience. Because the four-year degree thing, you know, takes a lot of people, unfortunately, out of the equation for a number of reasons, which, you know, keeps the numbers down per se. Yeah. So this is where I was going from a point of view. If we've got to look at um, whitening a bit the entry to the profession. Mm -hmm. And one way to look at it is um, limited licensure. Uh, full licensure. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, so if you right. like uh, two years and uh, a program, a diploma for two years yeah. with certain uh, aspect, uh, it was good to do this type of activity, yeah. that type of work. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, also, experience. Mm. Um, the best surveyors that I ever come across were not surveyors that went to university and mm -hmm. had their four-year degree. They were the ones that mm -hmm. took. 10 years working for a surveyor and learning uh, as an apprentice and mm -hmm. getting one course at a time. Yeah. And, yeah. and they were really, really good sure. surveyor. They like, they learned. Yep. Um, so th more of that definitely. Yeah. Well, that's the, the mentorship component yeah. of it. Um, and I, I think we we're on the same page there where that is just as important, if not more important than education, having a good mentor. Because you can learn only so much in the classroom, and I'm I'm in favor of you know classroom education, but surveying is one of those things that you kind of got to learn it by doing it, you know. Exactly. Yeah. I've um, I was fortunate uh, when I was going to school that I was able to work with a land surveyor, mm. and uh, learning the the theory is one thing. Yep. Learning uh, how the to real search world the real world. How do you yep. yeah, how do you search for evidence? And mm -hmm. uh, there's sort of like an art to it. Absolutely. And, 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 I love that. Uh, my my mentor, I, I'll, like I'll, I'll always the, the person I uh, yep. apprentice under. Uh, in French, I say lots of recognition oh yeah yeah i say it all the time i was very very fortunate to have an amazing mentor for the first 12 years of my career and if i didn't have that mentor i probably wouldn't even be sitting here right now to be honest with you that's how important mentorship is in my mind it's the same thing for me yeah i yeah. would not be here that's awesome good good stuff all right john anything else you want to talk about i appreciate your time no, this is my pleasure. Great. This is my first time in the podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, very nervous. Uh, I'm, I'm a francophone, uh, so this English is my second language. So <laughs> I, I enjoyed it, and uh, it's been great. It's been great. I appreciate your time. You're going to be calling me up like Ken. I want to come back. I had well, so much fun. <laughs> well, one of the things for sure is I, I was listening to the discussion mm -hmm. yesterday of the, the the international panel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you were facilitating this. Is, that sounds like a podcast type of thing. And that's when I learned about, <laughs> about you and your podcast. I've never gone it, yeah. but make sure uh, I'll, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to look it up. I'm awesome. going to look it up. That's all we can ask for. Yeah. Thank you again for your time. Thanks. Hey, safe travels. You too. Bye.